You're listening to Rock Solid People, a podcast by Max King. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. So welcome to Rock Solid People, a podcast, uh, interesting conversations with amazing individuals. Welcome, Robert Ian Bonnick. Rob, I've read your uh, LinkedIn profile here, and I'm just going to summarize some of this. You are, amongst other things, a published author, an inspirational speaker, a community builder, and a business and relationship coach. That spans a lot of things. I've known you for for many years now, and and as I said to you earlier, I've been in awe of some of the things you've done. I'm so excited to have you on on this podcast. I'm I'm keen to hear your story, both before we 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 started to know each other, and and obviously uh, what you're up to now. I think will be interesting to for for our our listeners to hear as well. Welcome to the podcast, Robert Ian Bonnick. Oh, thank you very much indeed. Happy. To be here, uh, glad glad that you called me out of the blue. <laughs> out of the blue is this guy called Max, with with more hair on his face than I've seen before, and more <laughs> hair on his head, who's not wearing glasses anymore. Who, let's face it, uh, you've always been a handsome man, but but now even more so. I, I'd like to think like a fine wine. I'm, I'm maturing, <laughs> yeah. maturing well. <laughs> Although, as I said to you, I am about to have a baby, so maybe ask me in a month's time. I'll look, I'll look a lot older, and I'll have as much hair as you do. And for those of you on the podcast that don't know, Rob is uh, is, a, is, a, is a very handsome man, but he's been bald as long as I've known him. <laughs> Tell me, where where should we start? What 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 where where in the amazing story of Robert Ian Bonnet would you like to kick off? Oh, look, uh, I guess I'm a fan that started from the beginning, and uh, I think that's probably a good place to start. So. So basically, uh, I was a product, still am, uh, of two amazing people who, you know, they had a story. My dad comes from Jamaica. My mum comes from Jamaica. My dad, they both met in, in London. And my dad, uh, he, the last time he, he saw his dad was when he was five years old. And the life they had in Jamaica was very different to most. So from the age of five, six, seven, he was already kind of working on the land to support his family at such a young age. And he left uh, Jamaica when he was 18, which is the same time that I missed, that I left the UK originally and came to seek his fortune in a foreign land, right, which we call London. Uh, and there he met my mum. They had a bit of a fatal attraction of sorts. And then I wound up growing up with my elder sister in two children's homes in London. London! Great place. And uh, look, 18 years is a long time. And it's, you know, there are many things that happen. I met so many people. I had so many mentors, mentors that were teaching me the right things to do, if you want to call it right. And those who were teaching me, let's call them alternative ways, <laughs> alternative ways to get there. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> unfortunately for some, you know, some of those alternative ways wound up in one of the guys getting shot in the head. So he didn't make it. And we were pretty close. So that was a massive shock that, that impacted me in all sorts of ways. And, and, but like again, you know, over the years, I saw maybe even up to a hundred kids come through and I was always the youngest one. So, you know, 18 years growing up in that children's home, it taught me about, you know, that people inspire people, right? People, 
inspire people. And it's got really little to do with the color of our skin and, you know, the, the background we have, the religion that we follow and all the rest of that. Because at the end of the day, you know, we all want to be seen, acknowledged, heard, loved for who we are and fulfilled in what we're doing. The lessons that I learned there were, were one of embracing other people regardless of background, which is a very powerful thing to get at a youngish age. And, uh, and you know, the first thing that I wanted to be was Secretary, Secretary General of the UN. Right? I wanted to be awesome. the bridge, the bridge between cultures for certain experiences that happened to me when I was You know there is young. still time. There, there is, is still time. time. <laughs> but, you, but you know what it was? And this was confirmed all the way along is that, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, the, you know, the, the UN was set up for a great reason. However, the execution doesn't necessarily follow the methodology of how it was set up in the first place. And a lot, a lot of that is to do with following the paper trail or the money trail. So, so, so yeah, so then I decided early on that, that the way for me to positively impact the lives of other people is through doing it in my own way. And, and that way came through one-on-one uh, connections with people and, and then one-to-many. Now, the one-to-many is where I met you, which is you know, running nightclubs for many years, doing very well with that. But what inspired me to do that was Sunday afternoon in our children's home would be a time where we have this big backyard and kids from all over the neighborhood would come, all different backgrounds, ideologies, and all the rest of that. And, you know, it would be around football. It would be around talking about things that link us together as humanity, not the things that tear us apart. And being involved in that sort of situation, that sort of gathering of beautiful people all coming together around things that make us human, that left a massive, deep impression in me, which carried on to the clubs and all of the community building that I do now is completely, totally related to that. So, so, so that's what brought me to, you know, discovering the skills that I have with people, being able to galvanize, inspire, motivate, um, to have great empathy for people. And that great empathy... Yeah. It has become a really powerful foundational piece in building communities of all different shapes and sizes over over the years, you know. And and tell me that 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 idea, the the one to many versus the one one to one, the individualized approach. I mean, obviously, you know, when you become as successful as you've been and yours, you you've obviously had that galvanization of the communities as you mentioned. But how do you affect that that sort of level of I guess of, of influence, of change, of support to individuals when you're doing that on a group base. So how, how do you how do you replicate that one to one with with the group? So I mean, it's actually something I'm actually asking for a selfish reason here because we feel that we as an organisation at the moment we got 70 staff. I'd like 700 staff, but I want I'd like 7,000 staff. But I'd like all of those 7,000 to be in the same way that I've dealt with the 70 staff that we've got. So the same way of the individuals. How do we how do we how do we grow that? And I, I'm really keen to understand how you would try and sort of replicate that one to one with many. That's a great question, mate. And um, the answer is not what you think. 
the way I describe <laughs> it, yeah, the way I describe it is like this. So over the years, I've spoken. You know, I'm a keynote speaker and all the rest of that. Um, so I've spoken at weddings, all sorts of different ceremonies and events, with all numbers of different people, from a handful to hundreds, if not more. And and so the way that I'm going to answer that question is by saying, you're always speaking to one. That's a funny thing. It, it, like, no matter how many people you're speaking to, you're always speaking to one. And and the way that that, that the way that that is shown is similar to what I touched upon earlier on, which is at the end of the day, as human beings living here on planet Earth, you know, there's a handful of things that we all want such as, you know, to be heard, to be respected, to be loved and accepted for who we are, and to be fulfilled in what we're doing. So if you keep those things in mind, that join and bind and keep us together and allow us to be transparent, open and vulnerable with one another, then realizing that, then you'll, then you'll realize straight after that, that actually you're speaking to one person. And, and and no matter how many people are in front of you, it's always a one because we always want the same thing. So so when you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of staff, you know, it, it, it's remembering that, that, you know, why are they there? What motivates and inspires them to be there? And you'll find that, that there'll, there'll be a, a handful of things which which they fall into that sort of category. And then when you're speaking to one, you're speaking to all because they can all relate to that. The other way which I'll answer as well is that, which can sometimes be the most challenging thing, it always starts from you. The person that you see in the mirror in the morning, it all starts from you. Earlier on, I mentioned about empathy. And for a lot of people, they learn empathy through looking at other people. At the age of 12, there was two experiences that shook my world. One was being at school, studying the Hundred Years' War in history. And there's a war going on in the Middle East, but of which are many Hundred Years' Wars, by the way. And the kid in the back of the class put his hand up and said, Miss, yes, Hundred Years' War, yes. It can't be the same people fighting, can it? And that one went way over my head at the time. I didn't get it. And then some time later, not, not long, I was involved in this kind of very brutal, racially motivated attack. And after the days that followed of being ashamed of how I acted, being ashamed that I didn't do better, uh, being upset uh, that this happened, wanting to have revenge, wanting to get that guy back who started the whole thing, right? Got to get even. I'm going to get square with that guy. I, I'm going to beat him. All the different colors of the rainbow, blah, 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 blah. And, and then what came back to me on, on like the third day was, Rob, it's a hundred years war, man. Like, you see, you can even be part of the solution or part of the problem. And when you realize that this person who started it, he's is doing the best that he knows of what he knows, which may be a lot or maybe a little, doesn't really matter. You know, and we're all the same, right? So he was brought up to be racist or brought up to have those views on certain people for the, the color of their skin or whatever. So at the end of the day, by me finding the guy and then 
you know, inflicting all sorts of pain on, on him would only make me feel better for a short period of time, more than likely. And yet in his mind, he would just be saying, well, it's true. These guys are savages. Yeah. They're animals. They you can't know, reinforce Exactly. So once I realized reinforce that, his stereotype, yeah, and and continue to to yeah, as you say, reinforce his beliefs and and, and make him justified in his actions. Exactly. And then with them, we are we're no longer one person, but two people with opposing views, which will never agree. And, and that's what, in a in a small way, is happening to the world. Right? We're, we're so involved in keeping ourselves in righteousness. I'm right, he's wrong, blah, 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 and not realizing that if we take the time to have empathy and, and ask ourselves, why are they the way they are? And once you realize that, then you realize that how could they be any other way? Really, how could they? So the way for me then to get through is by coming with a different approach. And then the reason why that now relates back to you is all about self-love and forgiveness. So if you're able to forgive somebody else, then for a lot of people that gives them the access to then look at themselves and then learn how to forgive themselves. Because at the end of the day, like it, most of the time, we hold ourselves up because we carry guilt and shame with us about certain things all of our lives. And that's what disconnects us not only to ourselves but to other people so when i say it starts with you that's what i mean it starts with you it starts with you looking into you and saying you know what yes there's things that i've done that i'm not too happy with there's things that i'm doing that i'm not too happy with but i forgive myself for it and i love myself i want to change them and i'll make steps to change them but i need to accept what's happening and who I am before I can even think about changing it. And once I can see that I am not perfect, inverted commas, then I stop trying to have the same view of other people as being that. So all of these things kind of relate and tie back into your question of, of you know, like how do we speak to people? How do we enroll people? How do we bring people on board? How do we magnetize and draw people? It, you, you are the key to all of that. You are the key to all of that. And speaking from the heart, speaking, you know, from the place of, you know, I haven't always been proud of myself. I haven't always done the right thing with people, right? There's still things that I'm making up for. But at the end of the day, yeah. you know, this shows people that you're human. Uh, it shows people that you have empathy for others and yourself. And they're a lot more likely to want to work with you than when we present this picture-perfect image to the world, this Instagram image, for most Instagrams anyway, this Instagram image to the world that my life is perfect, I am perfect, we're all perfect. If you're not like me, then there's something wrong with you. We have a, a, a tagline at the start of the, the podcast that we often play, it's, and, it, and it goes like this. It says, the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. And, and I come back to, and, and I've always believed that to be very true. I think sometimes if you have gone through heartache and pain, then uh, when you come out of it, it is, it's a sweeter ride. But actually what you've just said, you know, that, what you've just said has made me actually question that now. So, you know, we, we have to accept sometimes the hardship of conflict or the hardship that we've been through and accept that we are a contributing factor in the, in the, in the, in the equation. 
and the solution not necessarily is not always not, not always be found in triumph, I guess. Or the triumph may be a different way of looking at the triumph. So the triumph may be accepting in your story that that individual had been raised and perhaps instead of finding him to beat him up, you want to find him to have a conversation with him. And to, to be able to stop and check yourself in that moment of, of anger and blood rushing to the head, that's a challenge. And I, and I think when I was talking to you earlier again, that's how do you channel that, you know, because if you were tired, you'd suddenly got a lot of energy. If you, if you were, you know, if you were sad or suddenly you're, you know, you're angry, how do you channel that to not be conflict-based, to be resolution-based? What's the strategy for that? Yeah, awesome question. The first thing I would say is it's a four-level word called time, right? It takes time, and it's about intention, right? So, so for me, what, what happened, you know, the, the good old N-word, the N-word, right? People used to call me nigger, right? Oh, are you black this, black that, blah, 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 blah. And, and the way which I responded when I was very young was I used to, I used to just go and hit, and hit them, you know? Yeah, yeah, bang, right? Now what are you going to say, buddy? Right? <laughs> there you go. Right now, made me feel good at the time, but not afterwards. And and, and don't worry, I got my comeuppance later on. Don't worry about that. But um, yeah, so so but when I realised that, hang on a second, I'm stuck in a loop here, and it's a loop that I'm that I don't really want to be in anymore. And and it's interesting because science has now proved that that these neurons that fire in your brain create these feedback loops which when triggered activate the same loop so for example when somebody called me the n-word that was the electrical stimulus that went inside my brain it activated this loop which ended up with with a, a message being sent to my fist <laughs> to my arm hit him right bang right yeah. so this was this loop <laughs> right so then what was going on is that when i decided so it starts from a decision. So number one, number one is awareness, and number two is decision. So awareness, what I'm doing, and that I want to change it. So then I want to change it means I'm making a decision. So then, but then number three is like, okay, so I'm aware of it. I made a decision about it. I want to change it. So now what do I do? So what happens is that, you know, like when you make that decision, there's other parts of your brain that start to get moved as it starts to try to find a solution. So then what happens is, is that then someone call, and call me the N-word again. Then I would pause. And then I would hit them. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> so, so what's going on here is that this pause is getting longer and longer and longer till I now have free will to choose. And it's literally like that. So repetition. And that word called time. So repetition. And then I realized I have the choice. And eventually I walked away. I was like, you know what? Listen, buddy, it's your lucky day. <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that and I'm gonna walk away, have a good day. Bye bye. And I'd walk away and then I'll feel what that felt like in my body. I thought, well, actually, I kind of felt pretty good, you know? And then as I would start to feel those emotions. In my brain, that feedback loop established with these neurons physically begins to break down. It begins to disintegrate. So therefore, that connection is no longer made. And the longer that I stay in that mode, 
the longer it begins to disintegrate. But what I must do next is to create another loop, meaning it's like when you try and give up smoking, right? I never smoked, but people give up smoking and it's like, oh, I give up smoking and then they go and do something else and maybe drink alcohol. It's like, damn it. <laughs> oh, right. So maybe there's something else that you can do. You can create another habit that's spiraling you upwards, not spiraling you downward. So, so that's really the next part is that say you've got yeah. number one, awareness. Number two, decision. Number three is time. And number four is what, what can I put in its place? Now that might be, you know, now this word isn't triggering me so much. Maybe what I can put in its place is a question of saying, look, Look, mate, you seem like a like a decent guy. Like, why why would you want to say that? Like, do, do you even know? And then and then you know this then builds up this muscle. And this is what I began to do with people. I used to ask them, like, do you even know why you want to even do that? And like, maybe yeah. you know, like the first, second, third time, there's no response. Yeah, but you, uh, and then they walk off upset. Oh fuck, you know. But then you know that you, even though you weren't there for it, you've begun to have an impact into their lives because they've now been faced with a response that they never imagined or saw was actually coming. And in their mind now is doubt, which and the doubt creates that awareness of like, Man, should I even be calling people the N-word? Like, why do I even want to do that? You know, and, and, and again, step by step by step by step by step with time, over time, people change. You know, some will, will never change. But with that good old Venn diagram, two circles, the one that's common to both, <laughs> they're the ones that then create, you know, that, that butterfly effect, which can then affect the whole. I guess that's when they when they say about the uh, when you're about to have a fight or you're about to do something that count to 10 type thing, then that's the time you're talking yeah. about. So if you can find that trigger for a, uh, a different course of action and and look I, you know i have it in, in the home I, and for me it's very very obvious I, I have a 17 year old son now rocco he's he's taller than me he's stronger than me these days and we have some uh, we have some big blues and a lot of the, the time that we have that when we have these things we don't give each other, each other any chance to to drop into a different cycle of events we're, we're just ex- escalating 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 and it does that and actually, the question I was asking was 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 for him around his resilience. You know, he he's grown up in a time. We've all seen it. COVID's hit. You know, I, I hope you're staying safe in Bali. I understand COVID in Bali is pretty pretty bad. Although maybe that's just it's the press not over bad. here. Oh my! Oh, you bloody Aussies, listen to the Aussie news. Don't give it a that's break. That's what I was saying. You, you, you know, actually, I mean, apart from what I just said, is actually the truth. But apart from that, um, there's something really valuable. Uh, that I want to pass on to you. So there's a lady called Dr. Shefali. Shefali. Okay? S-H-E-F-A-L-I. Now, she is a conscious parenting coach, amongst other things. She's a professor and PhDs and all the rest of that. So this is it. So in the West, this is a generalization. In the West, those of us who are having kids, I've got two, you've got two, right? About to have two. It's more about, you know, my kid is going to be the next Tiger Woods. My kid, if they pick up, if they look like they're going to pick up golf. My kid's going to be the next David Beckham. They look like they're good at football. So we have this thing of we put our uh, unresolved stuff onto our kids <laughs> because we, because we yeah. want it to be better for them, right? Okay, that's the West. 
right? Now, this is the one to listen to. The East, the Eastern philosophy, uh, as Dr. Shafali sees it, is that, you know, we are a custodian, a custodian, custodian of this being that's coming to the world. And one of the reasons why they're here is to show us what we need to learn. So, again, to show us what we need to learn. Now, anyone here who has kids, even if you don't, you would have seen it, and you know exactly, because it would have been like, oh, shit, we just called it out, right? When your kids drive you nuts, and our kids drive me nuts, and uh, for a lot of, so don't, don't look at me thinking like this guy's got, got his perfection, because I ain't, right? And I'm fine with that. I'm mastery. I'm getting there. But here's the thing. So when you have this fractious moment with your son, it's an opportunity for you to ask yourself, hang on a second, Max, why are you getting upset with him about this? What is it about his behavior? What is it triggering in me? Now, when you ask yourself that question, you'll go back into your childhood more than likely, and what you'll probably get will horrify you. It will probably be how your dad or how your mom brought you up. And this yep. is the thing about this unconscious patterning, this thing we start off about the Hundred Years' War, we pass it down to our kids and they play it out because zero to seven is that zero to eight is that theta brainwave state where we impose one way or the other our worldview on them. Right? And most of the time they don't even realize it and they play it out. So here's the thing. And this, this is what is also going on in the first question you asked about. But the second question, how do you 700 people is realizing as a leader, right? You know, when you get upset by something, I get upset. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't walk around like a monk and it's like, I never get upset about anything, but it takes a lot to really <laughs> trigger me. It takes a lot, but I do get upset. And, and, but I'm able now to quickly, most of the time, evaluate, say, hang on a second, mate. You're upset. I get that. Why? What has this situation triggered in you? And once you get into that habit, then you start to move things a lot faster. And and with your son or whatever it is or whoever it is, listen to this, you know, like whoever you have a fractious relationship with, ask yourself why are you being triggered by it and be open to what comes next. And it might be your next few days, something happens, something you see on TV, something that you read, a conversation you have, you know, like coincidentally with somebody else at the same time or the or the moments later on. And this is really important and powerful for us to move on and be able to heal our wounds and heal uh, these things within us that lead us to a more powerful path of being a more powerful, intuitive, connected human being and therefore leader. I mean, what you just said is really... Um... Quite interesting. You know, I, I've, I've come back in. Rocco's moved back in with us. We, we're going to be, uh, we, we've had 10 days now. We're going to have, I'm sure it's getting to that sweet spot of like, we've we've exhausted all the goodwill. The cracks are starting to appear in what we've all said. And it'll be interesting when I, uh, when I pull out Calm Dad on him in the next few days. I mean, have this conversation with him, you know, because this is how you build resilience, right? It's, it's talking about it. So it's like saying, look, Rocco, remember Rob? I remember meeting him years ago. Rob, remember Rob, that tall black guy with the big hands? He goes, yeah, yeah. I, remember. I had a, chat, I had a really <laughs> interesting conversation with him the other day on a podcast, and we spoke about this. And, blah, 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 you know, like what, com what comes up for you when I say, does anything come up for you? 
And again, we're not using this as a weapon to hurt him or a weapon to like say you're bad and wrong. Because the minute you go down that path, these kids, they get it instantly, way before we do, right? And regardless of what we think. But it's literally having a conversation with another human being and calling that in. And that has the power to transcend any fractiousness that has happened in the past. It's super powerful, man. Yeah, an opening, vulnerable conversation, but it starts from you. It starts from you being open and vulnerable and saying, you know what? You know, look, I realize that when we do have our blow-ups, like, I'm responsible, you know? And, and like, you know, and I'm your dad, and I take this view of da 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 and I, and I realized the other day that that's how I grew up, and I'm playing it out on you. No wonder why you're getting pissed off and then why we go backwards and forwards. So, look, son, I'm not saying I'm perfect, blah, 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 blah. But, like, you know, like, if you see me going there, right, just say, hey, Dad, you're going there, mate. Just, just, uh, you know, it's amazing what can happen, Max. Like, uh, this is probably the reason why we're having this podcast today. But it's amazing what can happen when you are open and vulnerable in whichever area of your life, with friends, with family, with work colleagues, like that, it's an open, vulnerable conversation. Honestly, you transform the, the, the energy of the room. You transform the frequency and resonance of that whole environment. And when you can do that, then you start to, you start to have massive things happen, massive shifts. Yeah. Well, I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm keen. We, we've talked about um, some, of the, some of the sort of strategies. Uh, we've talked about sort of being curious and not critical you know, asking questions, not criticizing. We've talked about, you know, being careful, not crushing. Those sorts of concepts have been being bandied around. But I think you've just given some more meat around that, particularly when you said, as you say, you know, that awareness to take different decisions to change uh, and then take the time to to try and reprogram because we are programmed, you know. And I definitely feel that, that um, you know, I'm very calm at work, but when it comes to the home environment, I can, I can trigger quite quickly. And it's, it's an interesting how that's just something, I've, as you say, it's, it's, it's what you mentioned has been scientifically proven. For me, it's something that I've never actually understood it. You know, incredibly calm at work can be triggered quite easily at home. Well, that's just a programming thing, isn't it? If I'm in yeah. a work environment, the trigger is different in my head. If I'm in a home environment, triggers are different. And I need to reprogram those to, to be aligned because there are things that go down at work that are far more difficult and, and stressful and confronting than anything that's happening at, with, you know, in, a, in an environment where Rocco and I are fighting about whether he's downloaded a game onto his Xbox. <laughs> you know? So that's interesting. It's, it, it's interesting just to, to, to once you almost start talking about it, these things, as you mentioned, they start to become, they have a life of their own. They start to create their own, I guess, impetus, their own, uh, energy around them, and and it'll be interesting to see how that eventuates. Rob, what's got, what's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up shortly, but what's the future for you? I mean, you're you're obviously as you say you're in Bali. It's it's wonderful. You've you've been you've been involved in lots of different things. Where where's where, what's in the next? Uh, what's the what's the future hold? Great question. Future for me. So <laughs> funny. I met a guy um, yesterday, and he said to me, "What do you what do you do?" <laughs> and I was laughing because <laughs> sometimes I honestly don't know how to answer that question. And, uh, it, it, you know, like it depends maybe what time of day or what, what, what mood you catch me in. But, yeah. <laughs> but in answer to that question and his, so the way I answer it these days is saying, look, it's a bit like, um, 
it's a bit like a mothership, right? So the mothership is, you know, projects, initiatives which inspire humanity, right? So, so that's like the mothership. That's the big goal, which actually is, you know, how do I directly and indirectly positively impact, or for those who say, what do you mean by positive impact? The positive, positive shifts in the lives of one billion people, right? So that's what that wow. whole mothership is. Okay. Now, where the legs come down and touch ground is in multiple ways. You know, one is I'm out here, um, you know, Tamora Gallery, the Tamora Group, a very forward-thinking property group. You know, I, I'm a consultant GM, right? So, so basically, a few of their sites, one in particular, is about the next generation, education, recreation, wrapped up in a shopping retail experience, um, which is quite interesting. It's phenomenal, wow. actually. So that's one thing. Another thing is that, you know, I'm a coach, a speaker, you know, uh, so all of that stuff is ongoing. Work around empathy, work around, you know, creating spaces for people to really express who they are. And then, uh, and then Speak Up Monday, which is the, the Q&A platform where two years in, uh, 110 episodes now, and that's a, that's a shamanic Q&A where we go into what makes a person tick along with those two fundamental essences. And now one is on Clubhouse. One is uh, the original versions of it with a live studio audience. And then the other one is like a podcast, like, like what we're doing now, basically. And then the others are literally projects which I'm in touch with large communities all over the world. Uh, and I'm, I, I find different ways to connect them on projects which inspire humanity. So, so, so that's really where the future is. And then obviously finding ways to support my own family, support myself, myself, my own family, my community, the planet, right? So, so, so yeah, so they're, they're the, they're the, they're the places and spaces where I'm going to be. Bali is definitely a massive part of that. Doesn't mean that I'll only be in Bali. Probably not. I, I love Australia still. So I, you know, so the, it would be great to spend, you know, some months in Bali, some months in Australia, and uh, and some months in Europe as well. Each year, so the kids also they're only five and six, so the kids also get a you know they get a different a different flavor, you know a different flavor of people. They interact differently um, with people as a result of that. I think some of the best education that we can do is put our kids in different environments with different people. So they pick up and they learn those nonverbal cues and that, that we can't really necessarily teach them, but things that they pick up and learn for themselves to become incredible human beings. So, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's the future, brother. Well, look, I mean, I, I have no doubt that you're already significantly on the way to positively affecting and, uh, the one billion people that you've you've set yourself as a target nothing like a small target for, for Robert <laughs> and Bonnick, I can tell you um, I've really I mean but I mean I love it I think that uh you know when we talk about things that we're targeted on and, and I talk about you know 700 staff 7,000 staff you know they're big targets for me not quite a billion people but you know they're in different different formats but Rob I've really enjoyed our chat today I've really taken a lot from it personally I, I hope that our 
our listeners will too. Uh, we will have all of your contact information on there. So if people are looking for uh, someone to help them with their business or relationship coach or community building, or they want a, an inspirational speaker, then we'll we'll obviously have that connected. Amazing yeah. story. Yeah. So much to unpick out of this. Can't wait to see you in Bali soon. Yeah, mate. And, and you know what? Just, just very quickly as well, entrepreneurs, leaders, right? So leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches, these are also the people that I work with helping them to turn their story into impact and income. So to put them up on a pedestal, get together so their message can be really um, admonished and uh, taken in by by many, many people. So that's the sort of work that I do. And that's how I'm able to reach that target, right? So it's directly and indirectly. And so by, by influencing the influencers, right, by influencing the community builders, in these ways, we're able to also get to that goal. So it's something which absolutely takes the collaboration of other people, 100%. 100%. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Robbie and Bonick, thank you very much. This has been uh, a podcast, Rock Solid People by Ozcare Support. I'm your host, Max King. And uh, thank you very much, Robert and Bonick. Welcome, brother. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Rock Solid People. For more interviews, stay tuned.